0: This is Patty Johnson. My Be A Wavemaker podcast is a conversation on change, how to lead it, prepare for it, and thrive when work and life are full of surprises. I'll have Wavemaker guests join me and we will share ideas, tips, and strategies you can use now. We all wanna build resilience and increase our confidence in ambiguity. This conversation is where we deconstruct these topics to give you real world insights so you not only welcome change but initiate it. I hope you'll join us. Hi, everybody. I am so glad you're here today. Thank you for joining Be a Wave Maker Conversations on Change. And we really want to take this topic of change and give you some ideas and insights, practical strategies from wavemakers from all walks of life, because change is hard and it's messy. And so we want to deconstruct it, demystify it a little bit by having some guests on that can tell us what's worked for them. Really practical things you can take and apply. So today we're really focused on this topic of building a change mindset. And nobody better to be part of that conversation than my guest today, Nina Newberry, who's one of my favorite people and is the walking example to me of of a change mindset and thinking about things in the right way. So welcome, Nina. I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for joining.
1: Thank you. I'm really excited to be here.
0: I know. I, we're glad, glad to have you. So for those of you that don't know Nina, let me just give you a few headlines. A true Renaissance woman, right? She Spent about 16 years in leadership roles at Deloitte and then took the leap, started her own business at Newberry Executive Solutions in 08, which I can't believe it's been that long, Nina, but has done so many things in the development of leaders and especially women leaders and has been recognized for her contributions in leadership as a minority business leader honoree, as a women in business honoree, and has coached leaders in really some of the greatest organizations in the world, the AT&Ts, the Pepsicos, the Shells, Cisco's, and so on, and really done many, many different things since you went on this adventure of starting your own business. What have I missed, Nina, that would be important for this group? We want to talk about your, your leadership app, obviously. That's been something that's been recognized. But what else in terms of your story would be important for people to understand before we dive into this topic?
1: Well, I I think one thing is that I launched my business in 2008 when the economy tanked. So 3 months later it tanked. So I think there there'll be some nuggets to share from that experience. But I think the other important thing to just know about my background is that we, you know, lived in England and then moved to the United States and actually my family had migrated from India to England and that's where I was born. So there there's, you know, dealing with a lot of change and a lot of cultural uh, transition, I think has been a big part of my background too, in addition to some of the business things that you mentioned.
0: Interesting. Do you think having that early experience of living in different cultures sort of helped you and made a difference if you think about what you're doing now?
1: Oh, absolutely. I remember when I was younger I was a little resentful of having to try to reconcile all these different cultures because my parents were very traditional in the terms of their overall approach. But then me being born in England and then us moving to the United States, just reconciling those three and how challenging that was has really helped me ask more questions, be more curious, be much more empathetic in terms of thinking about what people are dealing with. So you don't fully know their stories until you start digging in a little bit more. But, you know, at the time, back then when I was younger, I don't think I appreciated it. I you know, was annoyed by it all. <laughs> but yes. as, as I've gone through my life, I, I really see how it served me well.
0: Isn't that the way, right? So many times you're going through it. You're, you're thinking about it differently. Well, Okay let's take all that you've learned and and those experiences and let's talk about 2020 because 2020 I think for many of us has been the biggest change year most of us can imagine. And a lot of it happened very, very quickly. And as you and I have kept in touch, I found you to always be hopeful positive in the midst of all this change uh, personally, professionally, and how, Have you done that? What has worked for you just on a day in day out basis?
1: Well, uh, let me first start by telling you what I learned on January 2nd of 2020, which was that I got diagnosed with breast cancer. So that was kind of my start to my year. And so when we talk about dealing with change, so step one was just cry your eyes out for a day. And then let your let yourself just get the emotions out of your system. And and then I picked myself back up and said, okay, you know, let me let me step back and really think about this and where I'm at. And and I have to tell you, I got to a place of a positive mindset much quicker than I thought I would. And and really, you know, part of it for me is is being very focused on what I know and versus what i don't know. So I, i'll just fast forward to kind of the the end of of my story with breast cancer is that it's gone and you know i've had four surgeries, four rounds of chemo this year but i'm okay. I'm okay and i'm i'm you know i i anticipate a full recovery. So, you know, i got to a place of you know, putting things into perspective and saying, "Oh, wow, you know, cancer is a scary word," but then going to this place of, "Okay, what do I know? What's really involved here?" And it and it evolved. You know, it was I thought it was going to be much simpler than it ended up being. Um, to you know, actually, in terms of my treatment, surgeries, all of that. But I think you know, just that piece of saying, "Okay, focus on the here and now. What is it that you know? What is it that you don't know?" And be really mindful about where you put your energy. And especially in this particular year, given, you know, with COVID and it's just oh, all year. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about politics and just the divisiveness that I've seen in the world. I mean, there's just been so much that's happened. And so it's really been important for me to set the tone each day to really start off with, okay, what do I want my day to look like? And how do I want to start it off to make sure that that's how it goes? So I, before I used to just first reach for my phone, I'd be reading, you know, the headlines and and, and it would just get me in this funk, like this really funky place and, and starting to spiral. You know, it's more of a negative place. And so I decided I just needed to make some really simple, easy shifts. So starting with exercise, starting with going outside or, you know, and when I had some physical limitations because of surgery and other things, you know, things like music or just even sitting outside, right? Nature and music are two universal things that, you know, it doesn't matter what part of the world you're in. These things have a a really positive impact.
0: Yes. Um, You know, Nina, one of the things I remember that actually I thought about it for several days after our conversation about that you said when you were going through all of this and going through chemotherapy that, you know, some of the nurses and doctors would say to you, oh, and you're you're a quarter of the way through, you're half the way through. And I remember you saying, I I may be, but I don't want to think about it that way. And so... Talk about this. Here you are a very goal oriented person. You've done big things. Yet here you are pulling yourself back to say right now I am focused on today and this week. Talk about it, the mindset of and that tension between those two and just kind of how you got there
1: yeah and I'm glad you brought that up because that really was a very important part and i and I think it's something that I've coached a lot of leaders on as well. you know when you sometimes when you look at what's involved like if i had, <laughs> if I really stopped to think about the number of surgeries, chemo all of that, and it's just and the fact that this was all going to basically take up all of twenty twenty, I think I would have gotten really sad and really overwhelmed and so My approach was think about the step that's right in front of you. Get yourself in the right mindset for that. Be as positive as possible. Surround yourself with the right people who are going to bring that positive energy to. And the people that are much more afraid or nervous, they're bringing that type of energy. I was very mindful about keeping them at arm's length. Even if there are people that really cared about me and wanted to support me, I really couldn't have that kind of energy around me. And you know, these are these are principles that can be really helpful in taking something that feels big and overwhelming and saying, "You know what? You don't have to figure out the whole thing. You don't have to solve it all. What you have to do is think about the next one or two steps you need to take and how can you do those well? What do you really need to do that? To do that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
1: been very very helpful
0: yes and i want to spend some time on this because i think what we're touching on some things that intellectually we all know it's the doing connecting our actions to our brain on this that that can be very very difficult one of the things you said is that focusing on what you control you can control all of us would know of course that's a good thing yet i find and both, whether it's friendships, clients, myself, doing that is very difficult and can be hard to do. So for you, just day in, day out, how do you keep yourself focused on what's in your control, spending your energy there? What, what works for you day in, day out when you feel like you're starting to think about bigger things?
1: Well, in in a single word, I would say the answer is choice. So remembering that you get to choose how you feel, you get to choose where you put your energy and where you don't. And it, it's funny because the whole letting go and not focusing on things that, you you know, just the things that you can't control, letting those go. That has been a lifelong journey for me as well. So I I can totally relate when people say, "Ah, easier said than done. Yes, Yes, But I think the more that I have reframed things in my life as you're making a choice, be wise about where you put your energy. Is this really where you want to put it? And the more I ask myself that single question, the easier and easier it gets. And what was interesting, especially like when I went through chemo, You know, I'm used to like, you know, if you get sick, you, you know, once you start feeling better, like say if you have a, you've gotten a cold or something like that, once you start getting better, you typically continue to feel better. And my experience with chemo was that this 30 minutes, I'm feeling good. And 30 minutes from now, I might be feeling bad. So do I want to sit here and You know, worry about whether I'm going to continue to feel good or not and ruin the 30 minutes that I have of feeling good. You know, it really broke it down for me in a really big way. Just recognizing that, you know, this is a yo yo. I am going up and down. And so, how do I want to spend this time? And what I decided was I wanted to enjoy that 30 minutes and make the most of that 30 minutes and not let my worry about the future interfere with what was happening right in front of me
0: what a great life lesson you know on every front and you know talk a minute about how balancing that need to be positive in times of change whether it's personal it's work it's life with this also you feel how you feel i do feel disappointment i feel bad. I that did not go how I wanted it to go. And and kind of acknowledging your feelings along with this, like, you know, to move forward, I need to spend my energy in the right place. I need to be positive. How do you reconcile those two just in the in your day?
1: Yeah, so I, I think a lot of people tend to think about their feelings as, you know, as things that are there, but they don't fully acknowledge them or let themselves really feel the emotion that comes with them. So it's more about stuffing them, you know, and then starting to have an argument, a very intellectual argument about your feelings. And and I learned this when I started my business, because I, I will tell you, leaving Deloitte after all those years and then starting my own company and the economy tanking, and I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Like, did I make a huge mistake? So I would vacillate between being super excited and passionate about what I was doing to, oh my gosh, did I make a mistake? And on the days where I was in that, did I make a mistake? And is this going to work out? I would just let myself feel what I was feeling. Like, just go there, go there, cry, you know, or whatever you need to do, right? To let your emotions out. Because what I've realized is the quicker that you acknowledge those emotions and let yourself actually feel them just simply doing that dissipates them and you can move forward so much faster so much faster so that has been really huge for me and so that's an example from a business context but it also applied you know on the on the personal front with the health issues that I was dealing with this year so those days where i was worried or stressed and and i can actually count the number of days on one hand, where I really was super upset and felt like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm hitting rock bottom. One hand, and and I just, I, I was okay with just feeling what I was feeling, saying, okay, you know what? Once I hit rock bottom, there's nowhere to go but up. I'm and go. that's pretty awesome. <laughs> so I got this.
0: Right. And it sounds like given that it was just a few number of days you were able to, when you felt bad, give yourself that energy to, you know, to try to look forward and say, okay, now uh, what about tomorrow? What am I going to do tomorrow? And I think a lot of what you're talking about, too, on I don't know if you feel this way, that those experiences are translatable in terms of other disappointments in the way you dealt with them. I mean, is that do you feel that way?
1: Well, you mean the overall approach to just how you, yeah, yeah. I think anytime you're caught up in something that's it's a different expectation than what you had, a different vision of what you were thinking of to just be able to acknowledge, you know, for yourself what's happening. And, you know, one of the exercises that I do with my executive coaching clients And to help them bounce back more quickly is is two questions, right? What are you thinking and what are you feeling? And it doesn't matter which one of those you answer first, but being able to pay attention to your talk track, what are you telling yourself? So is it this, oh, this is going to suck. This is going to be horrible. Like, oh, so like what, what are those messages? So really noticing that. And then the, what am I feeling? What are the emotions that go with that? And, and then what do I really need right now? So I definitely had a chance to put that into practice for myself a lot this year, but I also coached a lot of people on it too. And sometimes it's just a couple of questions on the front end of this to help you start noticing certain things. And where does your head go and when you're in that disappointment or stress or something else?
0: Yes. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I have done... Lots of interviews with wave makers of people who started change and and stepped out. And one of my big learnings was, you know, I was very initially very focused on the actions. What did they do? What steps do you take? Being that that consulting mindset, right? What are the deliverables? And what I learned was the people that were most comfortable in starting change, leading through change, ambiguity, they were, it was what they were thinking that was the key. It wasn't necessarily their actions, actions were followed by their thought. But I think that's such an important exercise. What are you thinking about and how are you feeling about it? Let's let's talk about this a little bit more because I think you talk about the, the coaching that you've done with leaders. I going to touch on that for a few minutes. Everybody out there, all of our clients, yours and mine and our companies are talking about building skills and ambiguity, being more resilient, leading in change with comfort. If you think about the people that you coach and you've worked with, what are the common obstacles you see that keep people from feeling that comfort and confidence and high change?
1: Well, I think there are a couple of pieces there. So, one is just really acknowledging what's actually going on like, what's the thing that's
0: happening? What do you yeah. mean by that? Like, do you mean accepting reality or what? <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of that accepting reality. I mean,
1: <laughs> the train has left the station <laughs> and you are acting like the trains in the same place. It's just not. It has left. So, you know, are you going to get on the train? Are you going to be running behind the train? Are you going to get run over by the train? <laughs> like, what's what's going to happen to you? Exactly. <laughs> so. But just recognizing where things really are, regardless of whether you agree or not, or if you would have made that decision or not. What is the current state? And then the, you know, the other piece that that I think goes hand in hand with it, especially because yeah, you know, I work with a lot of really smart, capable people. And so they think through things quickly, they take action quickly. I mean, they can be very, very logical. And sometimes just remembering that, you know, change and how organizations go through change and how people go through change isn't necessarily like this logical, rational process. I mean, there are a pile of emotions that are in the mix. And so a lot of times I'll hear people complaining or making comments about how something doesn't make sense. And I say, well, it doesn't make sense if you're looking at it through the lens of logic. But if you start to bring this other perspective into the mix and think about, well, what could this person be feeling? What are the emotions? You know, what's at stake for people? What are the dynamics that are at play here? That you're missing a whole pile of data if you're just looking at logic and facts and rationale. It just doesn't work that way. And so I I have to laugh. I feel like I need to write an article about are you too logical? <laughs> you know, because I, I I ask, I mean I I find myself saying that to many of my clients saying, your problem is you're too logical.
0: <laughs> yeah. And or the thing uh, I find too is- Oh, excuse me. I was, was going to say, you know, they they want the plan. I, I can, I fall in that category. I want the plan. And, you know, the the six-month plan in 2020, I mean, forget it. You know, it's just not going to happen. And I think that changing your mindset as you're talking about, uh, you know, just kind of re-syncing up the situation to reality. What's really happening here? Not what would I like have happening could be happening. Yeah, it's completely could be completely different.
1: Well, Patty, you know, as I listen to you, I think that when I think about 2020 in particular, people just like, oh gosh, you know, when are we going to get back to normal? Exactly. And how long it took quite a few people to realize this is <laughs> the new normal. Yeah. This isn't like some place we're going to. <laughs> this is the new normal and things are continuing to evolve. So there's going to be a bit of what's been going on in 2020 that's going to be there in 2021. And there's some things that are never going to go back to the way they were before. Other things may come back in some form similar, but yeah, just really, I think there's a piece of optimism, I think that comes into the mix too, sometimes where people, you know, feel like, I I don't know, it's almost like saying like hope is a destination, Right, I don't know if that makes sense mm-hmm. in terms of how I'm saying it, but where you know people want to have hope, and it's and it doesn't have to be like this sequential process or a series of steps you've got to get to in order to be hopeful. You can be hopeful right now.
0: Yes, and I I think it's like a, a huge positive if you think about most of us we have proven we can adapt to dramatic change. And I mean, rapidly when we have to do it, doesn't mean it was easy, but we did do it right in a lot of areas in 2020. That's for sure. Yes. Yes.
1: I think, yeah, there, there are a lot of things that people have learned Um, how they show up in stressful situations and, you know, the, the pluses Mm -hmm. and the minuses that go with that. Um, But I think there's, there's a lot that we can leverage going forward.
0: Do you think that this topic of being resilient, being a comfortable and as a change leader an ambiguity, can that be taught? Yes, yes, absolutely,
1: because if I didn't believe that people could make it through change and be able to navigate through successfully, mm-hmm. I would not be in the line of work that I'm in because it's all about helping people yeah, yeah, yeah. so. I absolutely think it's learnable. And and I think, you know, part of it is recognizing what your own patterns are. A lot of times, so this gets back to a point you were making earlier about the doing, you know, wanting to take action. There's a huge piece of this which is about being, just being versus doing. And so creating space. To not just be doing 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 so you have time to reflect and notice what the heck is actually happening there's so many things that we can notice when we're not just barreling forward and trying to take action so I think that's that's an important element of it is to notice your own patterns so for example you know each of us have our thinking traps so you know you've got some people who When something goes wrong, they immediately jump to kind of this worst case scenario in their minds, or you've got some people who are mind readers. They think they know what someone else was thinking when they took this action, or they may personalize something and say that, oh, you know, well, their behavior, what they did was about me. It was because of me, whereas it could have been about something totally different. So starting with recognizing where do you tend to go when these things happen? And when you go to those places, what really helps you get out of it? So you can start breaking the pattern and then you start anticipating, you know, well, especially there's certain things that may trigger you a bit more. But I I always tell my clients that it's not about avoiding those thinking traps completely. It's noticing when you've fallen into it and then pulling yourself out
0: faster. Mm -hmm. That's what we're, we're aiming for hmm. Exactly. Knowing what's in your personal backpack that you carry with you everywhere and regardless of the situation and just that starting with, whoa, this is my trigger.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's a big thing. And especially, you know, when I I'm just going to bring gender into the mix for a minute. You know, when you think about some of the challenges that women are facing and especially as they go higher up in organizations, they tend to think and rethink and rethink what their approach is going to be. Because it's like, how is it going to be accepted? Am I going to come across as too aggressive, assertive? Or, you know, will my input be taken as, as I intend it to be? So you can get kind of really caught up in, in a lot of that. And so when I think about thinking traps for people who do that, sometimes the whole personalizing can come into play a lot more. I mean, there's certain thinking traps that I see come up more for women, I guess is my point and it's natural to see some of those emerge a bit more because of the nuances that they have to deal with and the sensitivity
0: around how they show up right which in times of high change can stop you cold right where you feel like i can't i want to um make sure we have some time to talk about the development of your app new lens which You and I have had conversations about this along the way, and it's amazing what you've done and what you've created. I guess my first question for you is in creating a leadership app is, what was that process like for you? I know you had some twists and turns, but here you were trying to do something new and different and trying to create something that didn't exist in the way you saw it. What was that like? How did you keep moving forward, even though when there were some obstacles?
1: yeah well, what's interesting, Patty, is that I didn't just one day wake up and say, Oh, I want to develop an app. It's <laughs> not how it went at all. Actually, what I realized was there was a need for people to get learning content in a much simpler and easier way, like it needed to be shorter, you know, so micro learning, which has been interesting because that's been defined as you know sometimes people consider. 45 minutes or 30 minutes or 20 minutes to be micro learning. And and the way I was thinking about it was, you know, very short. So everything that's in the app is two to seven minutes long, but it was recognizing that people are super busy and there's a lot of start and stop that they do throughout the course of the day. So right. really needing some kind of an approach to help them learn and, you know, learn through some new content. And that learning can be you know learning some new strategies learning some unwritten rules learning new ideas techniques things that can really help them and it's also remembering what they already know right so just a bit of rediscovering their own strengths and recognizing those and putting those into play so those are kind of the things that i was playing around with and then it ended up evolving into a, ah the delivery method is an app yeah and and the other part of it that was part of the process was me actually stepping back and, and saying, okay, what is it that I do in executive coaching that really helps people get results? You know, results that are results they couldn't get before. What really accelerates that? So I had to do some reverse engineering. And I have to tell you, that was really hard because there's a lot of stuff that I've been doing in my business that is just second second nature. So then to really right. like break it down and say this is what it is. So the app is a blend of those different things. What works really well from executive coaching, content and strategies that really work. And then here's a lot of unwritten rules and things that people don't tell you. That like, gosh, it would be great if you if you knew this information because those are things that aren't typically covered in your traditional training. And then packaging it in a way where it's it works for you. It's delivered in a way that's simple and easy and helps you take action. But Patty, you and I could both go through the same content and walk out of it with different insights and different reflections okay. and different mm-hmm. actions. Mm-hmm. So the self-assessment that's in there and the reflective approach that's built in there, that's what those are intended to do. So it's, you know, it's a, we're going through the same program or the same app, but it's customized for us. And what's happening in in our respective roles and businesses or worlds,
0: right? And you're doing you're, you've had such success with it already. I know you're on the 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 new the earliest phase of introducing it, but with, with big organizations and big success. And you won the Stevie Award for it for best new product. So it is the New Lens Project or app rather is. Phenomenal. And I guess one of my questions for you, if we, if we take this to the change topic for someone that else that has that new idea, I know how hard you worked at this just from our conversations along the way. What advice do you have for someone who has that new idea, but doesn't really know what, how do I get this started? How do I go do it?
1: Well, and yeah, and I think this gets to some of the obstacles piece that you were asking about <laughs> earlier, too. Yeah. I, I think, first of all, just be really clear about why you want to do it. And because that's the thing that is going to keep you motivated mm-hmm. when you're ready to just throw on the towel and say, forget it, because this has been a journey for me, you know, starting off with one technology partner and then switching to another one and, you know, that had huge implications, both in terms of the amount of time to get it out there, as well as the investment to get it out there. But this, this app for me is about giving people access to tools and strategies that are really going to help them achieve what matters to them, really elevate that performance. And that gets me excited. This is not, you know, in my mind, it's about oh my gosh, this would be so awesome if more people could have access to this because not everyone's going to get an executive coach. Yes. So that's the thing that I've kept coming back to. But it also helps you be much more creative and resourceful when you remind yourself, hey, this is what the the vision is for me. This is what the passion piece is for me. But also, I I think one of the, the best things that I did at the very beginning, before I ever did anything else was I took my idea and I shared it with a few of my client organizations and said, here's what I'm thinking about doing. And this is meeting a need in the marketplace that I just don't see anybody doing this. You know, I see uh, tons and tons of money going into, you know, this particular field of learning, you know, leadership development and learning and, but I don't see anything that really helps here that's affordable and scalable and all of that. And so I shared a few of the design principles and just, you know, with a few people that I trust. And we went back and forth with some ideas, but they, I mean, they validated the idea and said, wow, that would be so awesome. And I, I am pretty excited because PepsiCo and at t were two of the companies that, that I engaged in some of this discussion on the on the early end of things. And they've also used the app now that it's out there.
0: But but I think that's a big part of it too. Huge. And I think, you know, what you're mentioning here, that definitely supports the data around wave makers in general. Two things you mentioned. One of them is purpose, not just purpose for me, that I'm going to get promoted or I'm going to make a lot of money. It's purpose for us. Bigger purpose, and second thing you mentioned is bringing other people in, having you know your your posse, your other group of people that were there with you. That and also experiment a little bit. You weren't, you didn't feel like you had to have it all figured out, and then just go out and say, "Here it is. Do you like it?" And so, I think in the research I've done on wave makers, the, what you just mentioned is so important. It sounds like it made a real difference for you in your success.
1: It has, and I, I'd say that the other component I would add into the mix is recognize what you are and are not good at. Yeah, I, sure. I am not a technology person, meaning like I don't know anything about writing code or any of that, and I and I don't plan to learn that either. But I do, I do know the value of partnering with solid people who've got the right expertise and. You know, just making sure that I'm supplementing my skill set and perspective with with others,
0: right? And it ties back to your earlier point of you know surrounding yourself with the right people. So it sounds like not only from you know earlier you mentioned about the people that bring you energy and support and positivity, but here it's also the right people that know what you don't know and can help you. You know, Mm -hmm. hard stuff. Yeah,
1: I would I would agree. There was one other point I was going to make around this and I've lost it. So maybe it'll come back to me in, in a minute. But yeah, it's it's been quite a journey. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> I'd say if I were in this for the money, I would have taken a different approach than I did. <laughs> I, I'm all about quality, quality, which reminds me of what my other point was. Well, okay, sure. notice, notice how you get in your own way. So perfectionism. So
0: totally relate. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So my Deloitte consulting days, just you know, thinking about the caliber of product I wanted to bring to market, and how can I continue to refine it, and and I I have ideas, you know, out the wazoo about how I can continue to refine it, and what's been interesting is actually you know having metrics, having data, having feedback from my clients who are saying actually the app is great the way it is. Like you don't need to do anything else to it. So just, you know, recognizing what your own tendencies are and then figuring out, okay, how do I keep myself in check
0: around that? Sure. And ties, again, to your earlier point about expectations. If you're always looking for something to be a little bit better, then there's always that, you know, that disappointment or that gap between what you expected and the the way things are. Nina, this is so so helpful. It's so helpful to me listening to your stories and your examples and how you have thrived through 2020 in spite of so many things. I want to end today by asking you two questions that I want to have every guest answer. And the first one is, what do you know now that you wish you had known then? Well, I,
1: there are a lot of things I wish. <laughs> I had known sooner, but I'll pick one thing. And Actually, this was the the topic of my commencement speech at Texas Women's University in uh, 2019. And it's simply I'll see it when I believe it. And I want to pause on that for a second. I'll see it when I believe it, because most of us say I'll believe it when I see it. Like completely the opposite. And so this whole thing about taking a leap of faith when I believe it, right? When I truly believe that something is possible, that's when it can happen. And I will tell you that it's interesting because one of my friends, she actually painted this on a board. Like she she made a piece of art out of this after my commencement speech and she gave it to me. And it's in my, it's in my um, family room and it's up on a shelf. And I will tell you, I have seen that every single day this year. And I will tell you, especially those days when I was laying on the couch and feeling horrible and looking up on that shelf and seeing those words. Right? And so it has come into play in so many different ways around my, my business. But also just thinking about every surgery that I had, I envisioned how it was going to go. I envisioned my recovery being faster. And by the way, they all were faster than, um, you know, what the, I guess the traditional metrics are. And I remember having these conversations with my doctor saying, I don't really care what other people's experiences are. I'm deciding what my experience is going to be. And I'm going to get myself in the right mindset. To make that happen. It all starts with me. I appreciate your data and your information, but <laughs> this, is, this is how it's going to go. No,
0: um, yes, yes. And like your visualization of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I think just the power of choice, right? I mean, and sometimes like we, we have doubts, right? We all have our doubts. But it starts with you believing that what you want is actually possible. It's got to
0: start there. Got to so, start. Yeah. And those profound, really very, very important. So, and the last question, what are you reading, watching, or listening to right now that makes you think?
1: Well, it's it's been interesting because this has been a year of physical and mental overstimulation for me. <laughs> so, so, you know, when people have been talking about reading libraries of books and or learning new hobbies and all of that. That hasn't been my year. So everything's been much more short and sweet. But I will tell you the 21 day meditation challenges that Oprah Winfrey and Deepak Chopra do together. Those are awesome for me just really being able to start off my day with listening to a guided meditation and trust me, I'm not one of those people who can just sit there and just meditate on my own. Like it takes I'm more of the doing versus being person. <laughs> so, but those have been really helpful because sometimes all you need is to hear one simple little message, and you have this reminder of, oh wow, yeah, that's right. You know, it, I don't yeah. make big changes. So that's one thing, Brene Brown. I, I love her. I think she's me just too. so real and so authentic. And so, just you know, keeping uh, keeping up with some of the things that she's been posting and the resources. I love all of her books. And then besides that, humor. All right, so I've got a a son who is constantly telling me corny jokes, um, <laughs> and you know he's fifteen, so it's it's funny. Just our sense of, of well, we just have a slightly different sense of humor, but he does make me laugh. <laughs> but um, I also watched um, Schitt's Creek. So it's oh, just God.
0: hilarious. Yes.
1: Yeah. And at the beginning, I was like, OK, I don't think these these folks are that funny. And then as I got into it more, I'm like, oh, I really see the depth of the characters <laughs> develop them. And, but so, you know, you have sometimes, you know, especially when you feel like crying, sometimes you just need mm-hmm. to find ways
0: to laugh to laugh and especially this year of all years so well thank you nina what a great conversation and i think this conversation about the right mindset for change we've there's so many nuggets in what you shared so thank you so much for joining me and hopefully you'll do it again i appreciate it so much
1: oh absolutely this was a lot of fun for me
0: thank you patty okay thank you nina Thank you all for joining us today for Be a Wavemaker, Conversations on Change. I hope you learned something new that you can take back and use. Please subscribe as we'll have more conversations on change coming very soon. Have a great week.